Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Previously on A New Winter, Mr. Tooley... At your request. This is episode 57 of A New Winter. Michael's father, I asked. A father to many, a son to few, a brother to no one, but Mr. Tooley to you. What? I asked. Never mind. Pardon the attire. We've been celebrating all day, you see. Quite the night last night, I met an old friend, had a wonderful meal, and was able to share it with the entire town. Now I know you've probably got a lot of questions, but I suggest you just focus on finding my Michael. You've arrived slightly early, actually, if anything. He hasn't quite arrived, yet I want to thank you for the heads up. I mean, who knows what state the poor boy will be in when he gets here. What, what is this, anyway? you going to kill me here on the road? <laughs> no, of course not. Didn't you just hear me? Why, why would I even bother talking to you if I was going to just kill you? God, what a waste of time. I heard a groan. Graham's was thrown next to me on the road and had started to wake up. And lovely, lovely Inspector Graham's. Surely what I give you in Dewbridge is enough to stop you meddling further into our affairs. Come on, we're all on the same side here. You're supposed to stop people like this Inspector Crawley from snooping around. She didn't answer. I don't even think she'd heard. Her head was flopping from side to side, her eyes barely open. Today really is shaping up to be a migraine inducer, I thought. Don't kill him, Graham spoke up, as if mumbling within a dream. You can't kill him, he's, he's just a boy. Ah, uh, sorry, I began. Not you, you idiot, 
Toonie snapped back before directing his attention back to Grimes. Poor girl. He's not your boy anymore. He belongs to the greater good. Of course, I understand your need to look after him, your nurturing, maternal side, but it's too little too late, I'm afraid. His past suffering has made him quite susceptible to taking on board so many of our souls. His empathy, his inherent goodness, has made him take on much more than I ever would have imagined. He's going to take us further than we've ever been before. It's exciting, isn't it? But Grahams had passed out again. Hmm. I wonder how much of that she actually heard. Well, no matter. Inspector Crawley, consider this a welcome party. I'm afraid that you're going to be stuck here a while. At least until this Michael issue is sorted. I mean, that's why you're here after all, isn't it? I'm sure you're not one to run away from your duty as a police officer either. Remember your assignment. You're here to find Michael. What is this place? I asked. Mr. Tooley laughed. (laughs) It's just a normal, small, safe little English town. With its own dark underbelly, of course. Like everywhere. One of the naked men in masks came up to him. The house is ready. The new mother is waiting. Father Ian is keen to be involved. Fine, said Tooley. Let the father be the... Father... He does seem to get some twisted fun out of torturing this poor boy. And where's his brother, Jack? Staying out the way, as promised. Okay, good. Right, well, Inspector Crawley, I'll be on my way. It's going to make for an interesting few days, so please do stick around. It'll be worth the wait. Tilly put his hands behind his back and started skipping towards one of the cars. I didn't dare move, just in case. But before I knew it, someone put a cloth over my mouth and I was out like a light. Groggily, I began to wake up, the fresh sunlight piercing my eyelids. I looked around and saw Grahams had been laid down on the back seat, still unconscious. I leaned back to wake her up, and as I did so, I noticed she was actually quite pretty. But that spell was broken as she suddenly came to and grabbed me by the throat, which was already quite tender from being strangled only hours ago. What the hell are you trying, she said. Nothing, I managed to croak. We've been drugged or something. Oh, God, Jesus. That really hurt, you know. I'm just going to take us back to the station. She fell back on the seat. This is such a mess, she sighed. What do you mean? I asked as I turned the ignition. Just... Just everything. I was still a bit frazzled, but I noticed there was something she clearly wanted to get off her chest. I wondered how much she would actually divulge. I hadn't ever been in a situation like that before, and I didn't want to be again. I wasn't going to just let this one go either, so I had to play my cards right. This Thule would clearly be the key to finding Michael, and it seemed like he was a big fish in this little pond. Grahams knew more about all this than she let on, so I thought I would firstly test her commitment to the force. What's with that guy? I began. As soon as we're back safely at the station, I'm going to call my superior and tell them what's happening. Graham's let out an exasperated moan. Ugh, there's no point. Phones are monitored. People are monitored. You're in this now. You're part of this town. He's, he's let you in. What does that mean? And who is this boy you guys were talking about? 
Grahams went silent for a moment. My brother, she said. Well, at least he was. Now he's my brother, my great-grandfather, my second cousin. Who knows? What? It doesn't make sense. Look, if I'm going to help, you're going to have to fill me in. Graham stared out the window. I dared not utter another word in case I interrupted her deliberation. It's... it's just how we were brought up, she said, her voice cracking slightly. I kept silent as she continued. They tell us that... (sighs) They tell us that a long time ago, the woods here, right out there, contained some ancient spirit. That our ancestors came and started chopping and burning the wood in order to create a settlement. But by doing so, they angered the spirit. This spirit of the forest. The leader of the settlement group, he was the first to become possessed. And in response to the burning of the wood, on one night, this guy woke up and began burning the settlers. All but his pregnant wife sacrificing them to the spirit of the forest. They were the first. He feasted on their charred flesh and shared it with his wife. And when the sun rose, she gave birth to two twins. It's told one was evil, one good, a duality. It said that once the sun had set on that day, they'd already grown into men. The parents disappeared never to be seen again and the The good one was slaughtered and consumed by the evil twin. Bob, Baba, as he became known. Slowly, as more settlers appeared, they were offered safe housing, food, fresh water, and in return they would learn the ways of the ancient spirit and ultimately live a longer life, perhaps cheating death entirely. They would hold mass sacrifices where in a frenzied state they would just kill one another chosen ones the remains of their flesh would then be used to artificially inseminate young human women who would would birth these black pods and then these pods would then create copies of the settlers the same thoughts, feelings, memories everything was the same I mean, or so they said but even now it's, it's not the same They never come back the same. The leftovers of any flesh then would be feasted upon an incremental way of prolonging your life. And then one day this Bob guy just disappeared. We still practice his teachings. We make these sacrifices still to this day. Any good twin is often sacrificed immediately or is kept for future sacrifice to get the population of the town at a steady rate. Unfortunately, the the younger the sacrifice, the more potent the effect, and the worst of it is, is that it works. The people do live longer, a lot longer, but you can only be brought back once, and and it's not necessarily life eternal. But every now and then, a clone of Bob will appear out of nowhere, like a divine entity I mean it's only happened a handful of times and 
And they don't live as long as the others. I mean, their flesh is extremely potent and is is eaten once they naturally die, but still, still not the original Bob. I mean, people have faith that he'll come back, this mythical figure that will answer the call when necessary, but the last time the Bob twins appeared, well, we tried something different. We began experimenting, cloning, all under this guy, Dr. Carver. And since then, things have just been getting stranger and stranger. Like, like he's punishing us. Like Bob is punishing us. Ah, uh, okay, I said. Well, we're here. And I pulled into the station. My mind was racing, trying to keep up with all this nonsense. Well, that's, um, it's a lot of exposition. There's a book, she said, but we're not supposed to show outsiders like yourself. But everyone here has one. I turned around to face the back seat so I could now look at her eyes directly to see how much she was lying. But your brother then, I asked, how does he fit into all this? My brother... My brother had a difficult upbringing. He was... abused by some of the townsfolk here. He was really a kind, sweet boy and... People took advantage of that. He was chosen three years ago and came back and then then the Stockwell murders happened. We don't really kill for sport here. Not just cold murder and left to rot like that. It's seen as a waste, but Tim Stockwell, he just slaughtered his own family. Dr Carver was so astounded and decided it was so inherently evil that that perhaps it was the original Bob and maybe he was testing us. The murders really had an immediate effect on the town. So the next night, we had a huge festival and many were chosen, including Tim Stockwell and... and my brother, again. But Dr Carver tried something different. Within the black pod, he was able to mix DNA... He combined Tim Stockwell, some flesh of the Bob children, and God knows what else, and also my my brother, who had already come back. What came out was different, very different. It looked like my brother. I mean, I'm saying it looked exactly, sounded exactly like my brother, but he was all mixed up. Something wasn't right. He was this abomination. They turned him into a freak. I'm not even sure if it's even the same rebirth anymore. Dubish thinks that the reason he was picked is that maybe he'd been cloned and recloned and recloned again and again throughout time. These become more and more washed out, turning him into some kind of medical monster. Anyway. All this has pissed off some of the more traditionalists, let's say. But Carver and Thule, they're trying to find the cure for death. I mean, that's what we think anyway. Okay, I said. Let me ask you this. Who is this Thule guy? Well, she answered. (laughs) That's the question everyone wants an answer to. He's the oldest one here. Some say even part of the first group. But 
No one really knows. And he's not inclined to say. He's amassed a huge fortune, but being so close to death now, perhaps the only way to survive is to use science and just find the cure. So where's your brother now? I asked. I don't know. He's under their supervision now. Anyway, he's no longer my brother. Not really. I don't even think he remembers me. His mind just isn't there. Certain names and people seem to stick with him, ones that maybe matter to him in the heat of the moment, but I don't know, he's he's very... He's very susceptible. You know, malleable. We went to see him, actually, Dubridge and I, after the Stockwell murders. My brother had been friends with Kate, and he seemed to remember that, but, I don't know, he looked right through me. I was so upset, I think I barely said a word. Dubridge had set it up with Thule just, just so I could see him, but I knew. As soon as he walked in, I knew it wasn't my brother. It just wasn't. Even afterwards, seeing him around the town, he was just, I don't know, he was just different. Tried to keep my distance, not let it affect me, but it's, it's tough, you know. Well, I said, to be honest, quite shocked by everything I just heard. How about this? I'll I'll help where I can, and maybe you can get your brother back. I mean, your your real brother, <laughs> Inspector Crawley. Graham's calmly said, looking to the floor. My real brother was hacked to pieces and set on fire. He's not coming back. But it's it's just seeing his face. I nodded thoughtfully, thinking, what a load of shit. And we calmly went into the police station. It was now dark and it felt like the day had finished before it even started. The police station was cold, empty, silent, till there was a loud chomp. And Dubridge walked out the small kitchen in the back, eating an apple. Ah, you're both back. Where have you been all day? You won't believe what I've been through. I'm sure, I answered. Well, I'm glad you're here because I've got some news for you, pal, Dubridge smiled. Juice from the apple running down his chin as his hand sloppily tried to wipe it clean. Oh yeah? Yeah. Guess you just checked into your hotel. One. Michael Verdun. I want to thank our patrons for supporting the show. You can become one now by going to patreon.com slash a new winter or click on the link at our website at newwinter.com. There you can find more information including a link to our merchandise page and how you can contact us. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter at a new winter, facebook.com slash a new winter or email us directly at a new winter podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, please rate us on your podcast platform of choice as it can really make a big difference. Thank you for listening.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.